and verse 1. Verse 1 says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zadi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. They returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few. Verse 4 says, So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. Verse 5 says, And the men of Ai smote them, about sixty and three men, for they chased them from before the gate of Sheba and smote them in going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and they became as water. I want to preach to us. This may trigger a thought in some of us elders, some of us older people. Before uh, ESPN, before uh, the NFL Network, before all these sports channels were available, there was one sports channel, and that was the ABC Wide World of Sports. How many remember that? They would show, uh, it would, it would, it would uh, predominantly uh, appear on Saturdays and it, it would give a highlight and a low light of all the events that took place in the week. And one of the catchphrases that they would use on the wide world of sports was this, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. How many remember that? I remember that. That's what I'm going to preach about today. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Let's lift our hands and ask God's blessings to be with us in this place today. Father, we love you. Lord, let your power, let your glory, let your spirit, hallelujah, be with us in this place, God. We love you, Jesus. Lord, let your power, let your mercy, God, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to our spirits. Hallelujah. One more time, let's lift our voices and love him. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. In Jesus' name. Joshua chapter 7, Israel had just defeated by the power and by the help of God the great walled city of Jericho. They are basking in the thrill of victory, but soon they would know the agony of defeat because the next obstacle stand, standing between them and the promised land, the land that was promised to their fathers, the land that flowed with milk and honey was Ai. So Joshua sent out men to search the land. And when they saw Ai, they came back with this report. Ai is little. Ai is no sweat to us. We just conquered this mighty kingdom in this walled city of Jericho. Little Ai will be no problem for the mighty men of war in Israel. 
They said in Joshua chapter 7 and 3, they said, Let not all the people go up, but let about three or two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few. Amen. Amen. Israel was pretty arrogant. Israel uh, was reading their own press clippings. Israel had wore out their arm by patting themselves on the back. Israel looked at little Ai and said, it's not going to be a problem. It's going to be easy. Let's don't make everybody labor. Boy, I bet the, I bet the church liked that when the preacher said that. Let's not make everybody labor. Let's just send out a few. Let's just send out a, a few men, two or three thousand. And uh, because AI is few, Israel was confident. Israel would find out their confidence was in the wrong place, though. Confidence can be a good thing as long as it's in the right place. Hallelujah. I want to put my confidence in God. How about you? I want to put my hope and my trust in God. When we put our confidence in God, we will be victorious. When we put our confidence in our own abilities and our own resources and our own talents, we will fail. We must always remember that we are nothing without God. How many believe that? Come on, some of us believe that, some of us don't. I'm here to let you know, I don't want to bust your bubble, but you are nothing. I am nothing without God. He is our source. It is God who brings the victory. It is God who empowers us. It is God who enables us. And all the glory and God, all the honor belong to Him. Hallelujah. Whatever we accomplish in this church, whatever you accomplish in the kingdom of God, whatever we do is not because of us, it's because of Him. Hallelujah. And we are just honored to be a, a tool in the kingdom of heaven. We are just honored to be an instrument in the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. I don't want to move with arrogance. I don't want to move with uh, uh, misplaced uh, uh, confidence. But I want my confidence to be in him always. Because once again, it's God who brings the victory. It's God who empowers us. It's God who enables us. Hallelujah. And all the glory and honor will belong to Him. Hallelujah. When Israel went to battle against Ai, sending only 3,000 men to fight, that confident, arrogant nation was defeated. We're told in Joshua chapter 5, and I read this before, and I want to read it again. It says, And the men of Ai smote them, about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate even to Shebra, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. The last part of verse 5 of Joshua chapter 7 says, The hearts of the people melted and became as water. It didn't take long for Israel to lose their confidence. It didn't take long for them to understand the agony of defeat. Israel defeated Jericho because they followed the commandments of God. And when they went into battle against Ai, this is what happens. Their confidence, their arrogance, their misplaced uh, 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 favor in themselves caused them to leave God out of the equation. Amen. You say, Brother Mahaney, how do you know this? Because I've read this scripture, uh, this book. God has had me in this book. <laughs> 
for the last five weeks. In verse 7 of Joshua chapter, or, 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 or Joshua chapter 7, excuse me, does not mention one time that they prayed to seek God's direction. It doesn't say that they took of the ark, the ark of the covenant, the presence of God with them. All it says was, I've looked at them, we've saw them, they are just a few, it's just little AI, and we can overcome them with no problem. Amen. Like Joshua and Israel, often we are guilty of doing the same. The danger with victory is that victory causes us to think better than we really are. Victory causes us to think that we are more powerful than we really are. And it causes us to believe that we are greater than we really are. Hallelujah. That's the danger of victory. It comes in the natural and the spiritual. Brother Paul can tell you this, that in the natural, when a, a sports team, a football team or a franchise or whatever it is, when they win a great victory, usually there's a letdown. The Cowboys were 2-0. and They were 13-point favorites against the Arizona Cardinals. The quarterback they were playing against, Josh Dobbs, had played for six teams, started four times, and never won a game. They turned him into Tom Brady. And at the press conference, Dak Prescott said this to the media, you are the ones who put us on the pedestal. We know who we are, but you are the one who said we were the team to beat. We've got to self-guard ourselves in the natural, and we've got to self-guard ourselves in the spiritual. Because when God brings blessings, when God brings anointing, when God brings empowerment, when God opens up the windows of heaven and pours out the things that we have been praying for and he is doing that and going to do that here in this church. Hallelujah. It's not so that we can boast. It's not so that we can think better ourselves than what we really are. It's not because we can say, oh, look what we've accomplished at Moss Hill. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you if that spirit ever comes into the church, hallelujah, we are destined for a destruction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't tell me it's about how much money you gave or how much labor you've committed or how much work that you have done and how much you have uh, a sacrifice for the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. That's not what it's all about. Hallelujah. Remember, it's God who receives the glory. It's God who receives the honor. Hallelujah. We are nothing without him. Hallelujah. We can't do anything unless he enables us to do so. It didn't take long for Israel's misplaced confidence to change and for them to learn what the agony of defeat was when their souls and their hearts melted like water. Hallelujah. I don't want to be like Ai or, or Israel. I don't want to leave God out of the equation. If the presence of God is not with us, I don't want it. If the blessings of God is not on it, I don't want to have it. Hallelujah. But I want what God is doing, and I want him to receive the glory and honor. Hallelujah. Because when we leave God out of the equation, when we leave God out of the equation, when we, remove, when we move ahead of God, 
without seeking his will for our lives. Hallelujah. And we wonder why we are not victorious. We wonder why we are not overcomers. We wonder why we're not having revival. And we're wondering why the things that we are praying for and the promises of God are not being fulfilled in our life. Hallelujah. When we leave God out of the equation, when we move ahead of Him, when we move without seeking His will in our life, it won't be long. Until our hearts melt and become as water. Wouldn't it be better to seek God's will first? Instead of asking him to clean up our mess later. Wouldn't it be better just to do what God said to do and, 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 and let him be the one who provides and let him be the one that works and let him be the one. I can't do things on my own. I can't bring revival to this community by myself. I can't build a building by myself. I, I, I can't see your soul saved with my own natural uh, ability and my own natural talent and my own resources. Hallelujah. I can't do it by myself. You can't do it by yourself. Hallelujah. You got to have God involved. You got to have God at the center of things. You got to have God in control. I don't want to leave God out of the equation. I don't want to go without the presence of God in my life. Hallelujah. I'm not going to do anything without Him. He is my resource. Hallelujah. So I ask you once again, wouldn't it be better to just let God have control than Him trying to fix the mess later? Amen. Amen. We understand that after Israel defeated Ai, we see in this scripture that Joshua finally prayed. Amen. He had a mess on his hands. The hearts of those that were with him at Jericho had melted and turned to water. Their misplaced confidence was now agony and defeat. So he turned to God and he began to pray. The scripture tells us that God showed him that Israel had another problem beside misplaced confidence. They had sin in the camp. This is what the Holy Ghost spoke to me this week when I was praying. So don't get mad at me. Get mad at God if you don't like it. He simply said this. Our greatest problems are often from within, not without. I read this that somebody posted. They said this. It's not the water on the outside that sinks the boat. It's the water on the inside. And this was the case with Israel. Sin had entered into Israel. Along with misplaced confidence, sin had entered into the camp. The scripture says this in Joshua chapter uh, 5 and uh, uh, 7 and 1. Sister Kayla, you don't have to uh, pull that up. I'm just referencing it. It says that the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And this caused Israel to be defeated at Ai. As Joshua prayed, God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 7 and 11 through 13, he says, Israel hath sinned. And they have also trespassed from my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have taken from the 
a cursed thing and also stolen and disassembled also. And they put it even among their stuff. just want to pause here just for a minute and just let somebody know the accursed things get into your stuff. They get into your home. They get into your life. They get into your children. They get into your finances. They get into your commitment with God. They get into your walk with God. They get into your relationship with God. The accursed things. They put them even among their own stuff is what the scripture says. Mm. Verse 12 says, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemy, but turned their backs from their enemy because they were accursed. He said, neither will I be with you anymore, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Verse 13, he says, up. That means get up. Sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourself against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee. O Israel, thou cannot stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. What a powerful message God gave Israel. And I believe this message is still relevant for the church today. We cannot stand before our enemy. We will not be victorious. We will never be overcomers. Until we take away the accursed thing from among us. Hallelujah. I don't want anything in my life to stop me from the victory that God has promised. Come on, I don't want anything in my life to stop me from the blessing and the promised land that God said was mine. Hallelujah. I don't want anything to be uh, to hold me back. I don't want anything to, to put a pause in my life and my spiritual existence. Hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody. You got to clean some things out of your own stuff. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about cleaning up somebody else's yard. I'm not talking about reading somebody else's mail. I'm not talking about straightening somebody else's business out. I'm not talking about being somebody else's spiritual dipstick and checking their oil. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the accursed things that we have allowed in our own stuff. Hallelujah. And we wonder why that we cannot stand against the enemy. We wonder why that we cannot be victorious. We wonder why that we cannot be overcomers. Hallelujah. First, we got misplaced confidence. We think it's about us and not about God. First, we've left God out of the equation and we've moved without seeking His will, His guidance, and we've made a mess and He's at, we're now asking Him to clean it up for us. And now we're praying and now we're talking to God and now God is telling us this is what has happened in your life. You got some things in there that don't belong. You got some things that need to be moved out. I want to make you victorious. I want to cause you to triumph. I want to cause you to be an overcomer. But we have to take the accursed things from among us. I know this is a little bit different. I know I'm not talking about being strong and courageous. I know I'm not talking about God fighting our battles beside us. And I, 
I know I'm not talking about going to places of victory and power and anointing that we've never been and at every level there's a new devil and all these things that I've preached and I'm not talking about the walls of Jericho falling flat and we stepping over them in power and victory. I'm talking about after the victory. After the uh, a promise, after receiving the things that God has given us. This is how we deal with the blessings of God. Hallelujah. This is how our church is going to be an overcomer. This is how you are going to be an overcomer. This is how you are going to be empowered. Hallelujah. Yes, we got to be strong and courageous. Yes, we've got to believe God for the places we've never been before. Yes, we've got to follow the commandments of God so the walls around our Jericho will fall flat hallelujah but we can't leave God out of the equation we can't think it's about us it's about him it's not my glory it's not my honor it's not my kingdom hallelujah it's his hallelujah you and I like about that it being God's kingdom, it being God's glory, it being God's honor. When I do it God's way, it's not my fault. Nobody can point a finger at me and say this is what he did or this is what somebody did or this is what they told me to do or this was right and this was wrong. No, when I have an assurance in my spirit, when you have an assurance in your heart and your spirit, hallelujah, that God gets the glory. Not only God gets the glory, not only God gets the honor, but he also is going to get the blame. But you know what? You can't blame God. You can't point a finger of unbelief at God. He's not going to fail you. He's not going to let you down. Hallelujah. He's not going to steer you in the wrong direction. Hallelujah. I want God working on my behalf. I want to clean out the things in my life that shouldn't be there. I want to sanctify myself. Get up. Jesus, God told uh, 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 Moses to, uh, or Joshua tell, to, to tell Israel, get up. Don't just stay where you are. Sanctify yourself. Sanctify yourself against tomorrow. Hallelujah. What we do today is going to have an effect on our tomorrow. My sanctification today is going to give me strength for the battle, strength for the journey, strength for what's for me. Hallelujah. That's why it's so important for you to be here on Sunday morning. That's why it's so important. Hallelujah. Brother Kyler, to be engaged and being a hearer of the word and not just doers. That's why it's so important for us to connect to the Spirit of God. I'm not just receiving for today, but tomorrow. What a powerful message God made to Israel, gave Israel. And the message is still relevant to us today. We cannot stand before our enemy. We will not be victorious. We will never be overcomers until we take away the cursed thing from among our stuff. Our own stuff. So this is what God told Joshua to do. God told Joshua to have each tribe. There were 12 tribes in Israel to come before him. He said, when, you, when those 12 tribes come before me, before you, excuse me, then divide the tribes into families. And then... The families into households. And each one of them will come by. And I will show you where the sin came from. Amen. Aren't you thankful that doesn't happen in the church today? We sure wouldn't have a very big crowd on Sunday morning, would we? 
But let me let you know this. God still reveals secrets to his messenger. And when men stand behind this pulpit and preach, they're not just speaking words amiss, but they're speaking at the divine unction of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you one more time, please don't shoot the messenger. It's the message. And when it comes from God, we need to receive the message that God speaks to us. Hallelujah. No, he doesn't call us out by families or tribes or households. But you know what? He speaks individually to our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. Hallelujah. I love it when somebody sends me a message and says, you must have been thinking about me when you preached that sermon. No, I wasn't. It was God. You must have been reading on my Facebook page. No, I wasn't. It was God. You must have been talking to my friend or my neighbor. No, it was God. My dad used to say it like this. He preached at a church one time and walked down the middle aisle and a lady grabbed him and said, All you did was preach about gossiping. He walked a little bit further and the guy grabbed him and said, All you preached about was slipping out behind the barn and taking a smoke. He walked a little bit further and somebody said, All you preached about tonight was bearing false witness against your brother. He said, I got in the car and I thought to myself, I never preached on any of those things. He said, but the truth of the matter is, there was a lady there was uh, 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 gossiping and telling stories. There was a man there that was out behind the barn hiding and smoking a little bit of uh, uh, cigarettes. And there was some people that were bearing false witness against the brother. He said, when you throw a rock in the middle of the dog pile of dogs, the one that yelps the loudest is the one got hit. So if you're getting hit today, I have not read anything or been told anything or God has, uh, 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 somebody has not spoken anything to me, but it's the, it's the Holy Ghost that is revealing secrets. We serve a God who still reveals secrets. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't want my sin shouted from the rooftop because that's what the scripture says. What is done in secret will one day be shouted from the rooftop. Hallelujah. I want my sin and my disobedience to be preached to me with love and compassion and anointing and the fear and the favor of God. Hallelujah. So I can go to an altar of repentance and I can put it under the blood and I can get my spirit right and my attitude right and I can get those accursed things out of my own stuff so the household of Achan which was of the tribe of Judah the tribe of praise came before Joshua And the man of God looked at Achan and he said, Confess your sins, Achan. And Achan answered Joshua in Joshua chapter 7 and 20 and 21. He said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And thus and thus have I done. Verse 21 says, When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent in his own stuff. And the silver is under it. (coughs) 
Why was this such a great sin? Why was the anger of the Lord kindled against the children of Israel? Because God had commanded Israel in Joshua chapter 6 and 18 through 19. He said this. And ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed things. Lest ye make yourself accursed. When ye take the accursed thing. And make the camp of Israel accursed. And trouble it. Achan knew he shouldn't do these things. Achan knew. Notice what the scripture says. Verse 20 of Joshua chapter 7. Sister Kayla, you don't have to go back there. I'm just referencing it. It said that first he did thus and thus. That meant he had some things going on in his life before he ever saw the gold the silver, the Babylonish garments. Before he, was, before he ever coveted them, he had done thus and thus. That's how the devil works. That's how sin works in our life. People only see the big sin. The emphasis of this passage of scripture was the Babylonish garments, the silver and the gold and all those things. That was the emphasis because that was the commandment. God said to leave those things alone. But what caused Achan to covet those things was thus and thus. He already had sin in his life. He already had disobedience in his life. He already had things that he was trying to hide from God in his life. So when he saw those things, he thought to himself, Hey, I've been getting away with thus and thus for a while. I've been fighting in the army of Israel for a while with thus and thus in my life. I've been victorious. I've been part of the, I, I've come across the Jordan River. I, I, I stepped across the fallen walls of Jericho. I've done all these things with thus and thus in my life. So I'm going to pick up something else. Hallelujah. Clean out thus and thus. Clean out the hidden things. Clean out the things that nobody else knows about. Clean out the things that nobody else sees. You get on your phone and nobody knows it. You look at things that nobody understands. You send out text messages that nobody else has a party to except for the person that's getting them. You do things and you go places and you hide things thus and thus in our life. Hallelujah. We all do those things sometimes and then we want wonder why, hallelujah, we stumble over the things that we see. Oh, I've been getting away with thus and thus. So the little Babylonian garment, a little gold and silver, it's going to be okay. I'll just add it into my own stuff and nobody will ever know the wiser. Hallelujah. Let me remind you once again It's what's on inside That affects the outside Hallelujah Our greatest problems Often come from within Not without Hallelujah It's not the water on the outside of the ship That's going to sink the boat It's the water you let on the inside Hallelujah Hallelujah. I want my inside to be holy. I want my inside to be pure. I want my inside to be godly. Hallelujah. I'm not going to have to worry about the outside when I clean up the putrid of the inward man. Verse 19 of Joshua chapter 6. Sister Kayla, you can put that up there. This is what God said. But all the silver and gold 
and vessels of iron are consecrated unto the Lord, they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. That was the commandment. That was what God told every soldier through Joshua. Burn everything. Don't take anything. Leave everything there because the gold, the silver, the vessels of brass and iron are all consecrated unto the Lord, and they shall come into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, the sin that Achan committed was not just stealing for himself, but he stole from God. I could pause for a minute. And preach to you non-tithe payers. I hope you're not any. But if you're not paying tithes. You're stealing from God. God's not going to bless you. You're worse than a thief. Or a robber. It's mine. No it's not yours. God's. It's consecrated unto him. The silver and gold are God's. It belongs to him. We got to give it to him. Hallelujah. I don't get mad about giving God 10%. You know what? I don't give God 10%. I, I, I sow into the kingdom of heaven. I don't give because it means it's mine. I don't pay because it sounds like it's a debt I owe. But I present it to him willingly. Hallelujah. Achan's sin was not just against himself and the obedient disobedience from the commandment of God. It's because he robbed from the treasury of the Lord the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron that was consecrated, consecrated unto the Lord. I hope I get out of the book of Joshua next week. <laughs> I hope there's somebody to hear me preach next week if I get out of the book of Joshua. Achan took the accursed thing. So God told Joshua to take Achan his wife, his family, his possessions. You can read this in the passage of Scripture. I didn't put it all in for the sake of time. It talked about his cattle, his tent, his belongings, everything that was his, and it in included also the spoils that he had taken from Jericho to the valley of Achar, where the men of Israel stoned them and burned them with fire. Achan knew the thrill of victory. And then he knew the agony of defeat. Sin cannot be hidden from God. God knows our sin. God hates our sin. And God will punish our sin. But I'm thankful that God also gives Hope for our sin. You see, this is powerful. I didn't know this was in the scripture until God began to deal with me with this word. And it's so powerful. Years later, the prophet Hosea would speak of the valley of Achar. The place of judgment for Achan and his family. And he would say this concerning Israel. In Hosea chapter 2 and 15, he would say, And I will give her her vineyards from thence, and the valley of Achar, a place of judgment for Achan and his family because of the accursed things that he allowed into their life. The valley of Achar, and the valley of Achar for a door 
of hope. He said, and I shall, and she shall sing there. And as in the days of her youth, and as in the days when she came out of the land of Egypt. Hallelujah. God was promising Israel. Yes, I was a God of judgment then, but now I'm a God of mercy. I was a God of judgment then. You had the accursed thing in your life. Hallelujah. And Achar was a place, a valley where Achan and his family saw the judgment of God. Hallelujah. But I'm thankful that God works like this, Brother Anthony. I'm thankful that God works like this. Hallelujah. This is the time of mercy. This is the time of grace. This is the time that we can bo go boldly into the throne of God and make our petition known. Hallelujah. We don't have to have the judgment of the valley of Achar. Hallelujah. But he said, I will give her her vineyard from thence. And the valley of Achar for a door of hope. Hallelujah. I'm preaching a door of hope for somebody in this place today. Come on, I'm not preaching a message of mercy and condemnation and judgment. I'm leaving that up to God. Hallelujah. He can handle it. But I'm preaching a door of hope. Hallelujah. For somebody in this place, God had made a promise to Israel through the words of the prophet. This place of judgment, the valley of Achar, could become a door of hope. And that's what God is offering us in this place today I want the hope of mercy I want the hope of grace I want the hope of forgiveness I want to allow I want God to allow me to get those accursed things out of my own stuff I want God hallelujah to allow me to get my confidence placed back in him I want God to allow me hallelujah not to think better of myself than I really am there may be some things on the inside I got to get clean but today is a day of salvation. Brother Anthony preached it today. Today is the day of salvation. And now is appointed time. And I want to be in the hands of a merciful God. I don't want to fall into the hands Of a God of judgment. Judgment's going to come. There's no escaping it. The Bible talks many times. You can read it. Books will be open. The book of life. The book of remembrance. The book of deeds. God loves keeping books. He keeps better records than anybody else does. And one day the books will be open. Hallelujah. And all the deeds that we have done will be read before all men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I believe when the books are open. Hallelujah. The handwriting of the ordinance against us can be blotted out by the blood of Jesus Christ right now. Hallelujah. My dad used to say all the time he's not afraid of the judgment seat of God because judgment begins at the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want my judgment to begin at an altar of repentance. I want to clean out the uh, accursed things out of my own stuff. Hallelujah. I don't want to be dependent on myself. I don't want misplaced confidence but I want to hope and I want to trust I want to live hallelujah I want to live and understand the things of God in my life hallelujah oh so and so and thus and thus may cause me to covet the spoils that are around me but if I clean out thus and thus God was promising Israel that the accursed things would be removed one day. Hallelujah. And when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that the veil of the temple that separated man from the presence of God was rent in twain from top to bottom. That the middle wall of partition was torn down and a door, a new 
door. A dispensation was opened, not of judgment, but of grace and of mercy. Hallelujah. That would cause the writer of Hebrews to write in Hebrews chapter 4 and 16. Now let us therefore come boldly. That word boldly means with confidence into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help. Hallelujah. In the time of trouble, the accursed things can be removed. Hallelujah. Because of the mercy and the grace of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the thrill of victory. I want the thrill of victory. Hallelujah. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? It's been swallowed up by the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. I don't have to live in the defeat and the agony of defeat, but I can live in the power of God's victory. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. Come on, I feel the, re, the, the forgiving, redeeming, loving power of the Holy Ghost in this place today. Hallelujah. God is ready to wash away some sins. God is ready to renew somebody in His blood. God is ready to cleanse somebody of all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. God is ready to tear down that wall that separates you and Him. Hallelujah. And reconcile you back to God. So I got a simple offer for you today. The thrill of victory through the mercy of God. The thrill of victory through the power and the help and the confidence that belongs in the Lord. The thrill of victory by seeking His will and His desire and allowing Him to be first in everything that you do. Hallelujah. The thrill of victory. I want the thrill of victory. Or I, 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 I don't want to paint the other side of the picture. And I don't want to turn the coin over because there is also the agony of defeat. If we could stand together. Don't have misplaced confidence. Don't leave God out of the equation. Don't move ahead of God. Seek His will for your lives. Stay away from the accursed thing. What happened, Israel? Fresh off the greatest military victory in the history of the world. Fresh off the walls. I told you all about them. Not just one wall, but two walls. Not just one high one, but two high ones. The walls of Jericho falling flat. What happened? Well, we saw AI. And we didn't need to consult God. We saw AI. And we thought we could be an overcomer. By our own strength. And our own talent. Instead of overwhelming them with great odds. 
We said, let's let half the church stay home. And just a few of us will go out because they are not many. Misplaced confidence. I want to remind somebody. Thank you. I, I, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Nobody takes more seriously. These men that have helped me, these men that have seen me anguish over the possibility of building this building that's ahead of us, no. that I don't devalue your sacrifice. It's a great weight on my shoulders. And I want to do it right. And I want to be the best steward. I don't devalue what you've given to the kingdom of God. But let me remind you, you have it. Because God gave it. by giving him Sister Donna my travel trailer money but God gave it to me first God gave it to you first sacrifice that we make for the kingdom of heaven unfortunately did you know there's no hierarchy in the church we've had people give tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars project but we've had I don't say this to give any praise or any honor or anything like that but I think for about five years maybe Sister Anita and Sister Dale have been giving an extra 10% every month to the building It's the widow's mite. And if you give 10,000, 100,000, a million, or five, it all means the same in the kingdom of God because it's according to your sacrifice. Now, if you give 10 and you could give 100, and if you gave 1,000 when you can give 10,000, that's when God divides the sheep from the goats. But it's not about Him regardless. Or us, regardless, it's about him. Because he gets the glory and the honor for everything that's done. Whether it's a building, whether it's tithe, whether it's an offering, whether it's giving somebody that got evicted from their home, whether it's uh, helping somebody out on a holiday or uh, 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 helping out a brother or a sister, putting a tank of gas in their car buying them a lunch whatever it is don't think I can't think better than myself than what I am I don't want misplaced confidence because I'm nothing without God 
I don't want to allow the sin in my life to be a point of judgment. But I want a door of mercy opened up. Don't have misplaced confidence. Don't leave God out of the equation. Don't move ahead of God. Seek His will for your life. Stay away from the accursed thing. It's God who brings the victory. It's God who empowers us. It's God who enables us. It's God that opens a door of hope for us. It's God that brings the thrill of victory. Not the agony of defeat. And it's God who receives the glory and the honor forever.